podcast as part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. And welcome to the 49ers Unrestricted Podcast, home of the most correct 49ers takes. I'm your host, Timmy Gibson, here with my co-host, Daniel Bigelow. We are so excited to have you all here today. Daniel, how you doing? Good morning. I am well. I am ready for sports conversation for the Niners and just for the Niners season, making me wait longer and longer. We're like eight or nine weeks away. It's coming up. It'll be here before you know it. But right now we are in that weird kind of pre-training camp period where not that much is happening. There were some photos of Trey Lance working out. That got me hyped. But we don't have much breaking news. You know, we usually start out with our news. But today is definitely a slower news week. If we miss something, it's because we recorded before that. So apologies. Uh, Daniel, I do think you had something you wanted to talk about that you found on Bleacher Report, right? Yeah, and uh, not to discredit Bleacher Report, but sometimes disagree with. I will discredit Bleacher Report. I will. Okay, great. Did I? I'll 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 tell my Bleacher Report story in a second. I hate them. Well, not really. Yeah. So, I think the way that they do articles is is fun. Um, I think some of the stuff they do, like when COVID was going on and there was no sports being played, and they had some really fun articles, like redrafting the whatever. Uh, year of a team or of a draft and while I still disagreed with even things like that I think they have some fun um, fun articles that they do some fun things that they write up and they look good but the content is spotty some of the writers are I mean like any place comes down to the writers sure but there was a list um, for NFL players entering the 2021 season and there's I think six players on the put up or shut up list. Were any 49ers on the put up or shut up list, Daniel? There were. And just to give, this is the first like sentence of the article, just to give you context. It says, make or break, put up or shut up, now or never, no matter how one, no matter how one chooses to dress it up, the 2021 season will be pivotal for a handful of younger NFL players stepping into bigger spotlights. So it's not necessarily saying, oh, these guys are talking too much. They need to close their mouths. It's, hey, these guys have been drafted and put into a role and might not have truly filled that role or what was expected of them. And it's time to kind of show up or maybe find a new role or find someone else to be in your role. Yeah. And the 49er that was on this list is Debo Samuel. Hmm. And so they're talking about, um, his numbers aren't necessarily showing to where he was drafted or what they want in the 49ers offense from him, especially with really him and Ayuk are, are one and two. And we haven't really figured out who number three wide receiver is going to be. And no. to be honest, I don't think it's going to be one dude all season long, but no. it's kind of another conversation. And uh, yeah, the one, the one thing they really throw out is um, Samuel has been, Wickedly effective when healthy, as they say, averaging 13.3 yards per catch and 8.4 yards per rush. 
And I think that last part the per rush is one of my favorite parts is I think that the Niners offense is designed really well to do a lot of those receiver rush plays. King of the jet sweeps. Yeah. Whether it's, whether it's him, whether it's Ayuk, um, I think they both. Jalen Hurd. Yeah. I think they both do it really well. And just the funniest thing is a side note about when the Niners drafted Ayuk, his pro player comparison was Debo Samuel. Yeah. That might've been early because Samuel didn't have a whole lot of time under him, but I thought that was pretty funny that they drafted a, a very, very, very similar guy. Yeah, I I think I agree. They're similar players. They're both the 40. I was texting a friend the other day who was asking me, should I draft Trey Lance in fantasy football? Mm-hmm. And he was we were talking about it. And I was like, you know, the thing is, Trey Lance doesn't have to be that good because the 49ers receivers are so good at getting yards after the catch. Guys like IU, guys like Debo, that we're going to get yards. So I'd be curious your thoughts because I hear that Debo Samuel is on the put up or shut up list and I disagree. Like, I think he's put up. I think every time he's been on the field without injury, he's, he's shown that he's a great NFL wide receiver. I don't know if he's our wide receiver one or wide receiver two. I'm, I'm inclined to say George Kittle is our second receiver on the team after probably Ayuk, but I, I don't know if I look at Debo, I'm not disappointed in what we've seen in two years of Debo Samuel. I'd like him out there more, but I mean, he's shown that he's a great receiver, great value we got in the second round i don't know if i'd want him on my fantasy football team because of the health issues and because of i mean there's a smaller pie on the 49ers and there's a lot of great receiving options but well there's three great receiving options kittle Ayuk, and samuel mm-hmm. and i don't i don't think i i think he has put up when he's been out there i think he's been great for the 49ers so what are, what are your thoughts daniel do you agree with bleacher here um, I don't think he's on the right list, so to speak. So we have kind of two Debo Samuels in the last two years. In 2019, he played in 15 games, only missed one. And he had 81 targets and only 57 receptions. So there's kind of a lot of missed targets there. Uh, missed receptions, excuse me. So 57 receptions for 802 yards. That's a lot of yards for not a whole lot of receptions and he had three receiving touchdowns but in 2020 we see a little bit of a different story because Debo Samuel was only able to play in seven games and he had 33 receptions for 391 yards and only a single touchdown yeah so he definitely is much less effective when he's not on the field obviously yeah i think he was probably playing i don't know what weeks he was playing off the top of my head but he he also probably had much less consistent quarterback play than he did in 2019 absolutely and so i think that you know debo is going to get right off of this put up or shut up list with some consistency this year with either jimmy or trey lance behind there either one even if it's even if it's just as inconsistent as it was last year but with just those two guys he's going to do a lot better. And I don't think that's going to happen, but I just think with the inconsistency going from Jimmy to Nick Mullins to CJ Beathard, it's like, okay, he's got no idea what's going on with these quarterbacks. And a lot of the time the quarterbacks didn't necessarily know what was going on. So you yeah. And, and unhealthy Jimmy for a D's for a couple games too. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's tough. But yeah. I'm very excited to see some more Debo Samuel numbers. Um, he gets good yardage for his, his receptions. And especially in the 2019 season, he did yeah, great he, with 800 yards and 53 receptions. That is a fantastic ratio. 
I think Debo's a great player. I'm I'm curious to see. I've mentioned this before. I'm really curious to see if he maintains. He and Ayuk maintain that role of the jet sweep, like kind of playing out of the backfield guy. Or I, there's been so many rumors that they want Jalen Hurd in that role, and that's what they drafted him for. That I'm really curious to see if and when Jalen Hurd does take over that role from Debo. But yeah, I think Debo's a great player. Can I can I bash Bleacher Report real fast? It is 49ers related. You can. My uh, my my big issue with Bleacher Report is in 2019 NFL season, they put out a tweet that was the dumbest tweet ever. It was a little graphic. The 49ers were playing the Rams. It had a picture of George Kittle and it had a picture of Tyler Higby. And they were like, these two rising, like emerging star tight ends face off next week. And I was like, George Kittle is currently the holder of the NFL record for most receiving yards by a tight end in a season. He is not a rising star. <laughs> like, he is a star. He holds a record. <laughs> I was so bad. I was like, this is the dumbest tweet. <laughs> yeah, and that, that's the thing is I, I think uh, Bleach Report is almost like a social media. Like, they're, they're making articles totally. to get clicks, um, which, like, I get. I understand why every source in the same way would, would do that. That's They're trying to make money. They're trying to do their job. But still, it's like – yeah, Tyler, like they, they believe in the hype. Tyler Higby was probably one of the, was it that, that was 2019? It wasn't last yeah. year. Um, was probably one of the biggest waiver wire ads in fantasy football. Like all the hype was around him at the end of the season. Like he was a monster. Yeah, for, he still gets it. Yeah, he was a monster for five weeks, but that was about it. Yeah, that was, I was it. so mad about that tweet. I got yeah. nothing against Bleacher Report. I really just don't like that tweet. Um, <laughs> but I read their stuff. They, they tweet out. They've they've posted my articles in their feed a couple times, so can't can't hate on them too much. Um, to, finish, to finish this article conversation, yeah. I think that um, they're not accounting for time missed as much when they're looking at the numbers. I think that um, I think that that Debo being on this list is is more of a hey, we haven't seen the numbers from you necessarily um, for how great you're supposed to be. And it's like well. Yeah, we got to keep him healthy. He's only had these last two seasons, so I think he doesn't necessarily need to be on this list. The the headliner of the list is Miko Hardman, receiver for the Chiefs. I think he yeah. fits the build more because he's had more opportunity, even totally. though he hasn't had a whole lot behind Tyreek Hill. But I'm 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 interested to see. I feel like there's been a lot of Niners hate in the media for preparing for the season. I feel like there's a lot of like overrated talk of of Devo and of Mostert of the whole run game and the guys on it. And um, I'm excited to, to see the Niners put up. Yeah. You know, when you, when you told me this headline before we move on, I didn't, my mind went nowhere near Debo. The guy that I immediately went to was Jimmy Garoppolo is the guy on the 49ers who has to put up or shut up this year. And now that I think about it more, the other guy I would go to is D Ford. Those are the two guys. When you tell me that, that, come to mind as guys that should be on that list and neither of them are Debo Samuel yeah Jimmy's like the definition of that list um, yeah like he for what the media has, has made him out to be um he needs I, to put up I do not think that Jimmy G is as bad as uh, the majority of the United States does no be. so just because of the media um but D Ford it's a lot of these guys it's like hey it's not even like put up or shut up it's like stay healthy and do your job and like do what we pay you to do and sure I, i'm not saying like that these the, i'm not downplaying injuries at all um i'm not trying to sound harsh in that way but it is it is tough when you're like you have these guys who 
man, we bring in D Ford who had a, has a bright future still does. And it's, Oh, they're just constantly out and they're not able to, to perform on the team. So it's like, Hey, if you're going to constantly be injured and yeah. uh, not be able to contribute, you know, we're going to give you some do you money. Think, do you think D Ford ever plays a down for the 49ers again? Yes. I'll, be, I'll believe it when I see it. I want him to. Fair. He's, he, I won't, I won't he was so good for the Chiefs the season before he came to the Niners. Like people don't talk about that the Chiefs, the year before they went to the Super Bowl, had a really, really good defensive line. And D Ford was a huge part of that. Like you think Chiefs, you think like, oh, all offense. Their defenses have always been sneaky good. I mean, they were they were good when they yeah. played against us and got away with some ridiculous penalties, but they were good that year before too. And D Ford was part of that. Yeah. All right, Daniel, do you want to move on to the next part of our episode? I do. That Sweet. I do. Listeners, we are going to move on to a divisional breakdown. You've heard some of our thoughts on the other teams in the NFC West with the 49ers. We talked about that as we talked about going through the schedule. But now we're just going to take a few minutes for each team, talk about any major changes you should know for the 49ers face them, how we see the teams doing, how we see the division breaking out. Um, my first thought, Daniel, is this is the best division in football, and it's not close. Yeah, I, I think I'm definitely with you on it's it's the best or toughest kind of – those mean the same thing to me. Like the toughest yeah. division is hardest to win. Best division means it has the best teams. And I'm, I'm scrolling through the standings uh, to double-check and not current standings, just the divisions and just – making sure my eyes are like, Oh yeah, these, uh, these teams really are the ones that make up the toughest division. And I think, man, I don't even know. We predicted the Niners record, but I'm curious to see if what we would do to predict the other teams records in our division. Um, if we were to go through their schedules and, and see how that shapes out. That might be a fun project. Yeah. And yeah. I saw another headline um, a couple of days ago where it was talking about the NFC West is the division with the best quarterbacks. And I was like, well, no, I, I think I have to agree with that. Um, the only one that really, really made me think twice was the AFC North and that's Steelers, Ravens, Browns, and Bengals. And I think that that might be the runner up. I don't think that that would replace them. At number one, and especially because we're not talking career-wise, so Big Ben is much lower than my brain kind of usually does. I still give Ben Roethlisberger a whole lot of credit as an incredible quarterback, but yeah. I'm kind of three, four years too late to still be doing that. I'm predicting uh, a Big Ben bounce-back season, but that is not the topic of this episode. No. Um, and then given Joe Burrow too much credit too early, it's like, okay, we have some guys who are either past their prime or not there yet, so the AFC North isn't quite there yet. So, yes – just to bring this all around, I, yes, the AFC West is the best and the toughest division, whether it's teams as a whole or just the quarterbacks. Yeah, I want to move on to our division, but I have to throw out one more division that came to mind when thinking of the best quarterbacks. And I want to give you the AFC West. And here's the quick 30-second pitch. Mahomes is so much better than everybody else that he drags the average up. Then you have Justin Herbert, who just set the rookie touchdown record, and most rookie quarterbacks get better going into their second year when they're not named Baker Mayfield. And Derek Carr 
is a very criminally underrated quarterback. He is always consistent. If you put him in the right offense with the right players, people forget five, six years ago, he was going to be the MVP before he broke his leg. And then Drew Locke sucks. Teddy Bridgewater sucks. But the Mahomes average brings it up. I think that's the other one you can put in. But I agree that if Trey Lance steps forward or Jimmy Garoppolo plays at his at the level we've seen him play, yeah, it's the NFC West. That was the whole uh... – that was why I was processing as well as, okay, are we playing the average game? Like it does, could Mahomes just be in a, in a division of worst quarterbacks and he like makes it the hardest division. And so yeah. I came to the conclusion of no, that doesn't yeah. necessarily fit for what we were for like for that time. Cause Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, and I think Matthew Stafford has also been a pretty underrated quarterback. Maybe yeah. not as bad as, is maybe not as badly underrated as Derek Carr, but, but Matthew Stafford is still heavily better than Derek Carr. Oh, for sure. But in terms of being underrated, yeah. I'm. Yeah, let's use Matthew Stafford. Let's hop into the first team divisional breakdown. Yeah. Los Angeles I'm, Rams. I'm worried to see that offense because I think highly of Matthew Stafford. And yeah. Matthew Stafford, so it's not that – like Matthew Stafford has never been on a great team because he's only ever been on the Detroit yeah. Lions. But so to not- catch everyone up, Matthew Stafford, the new Los Angeles Rams quarterback – that's the big change in the entire division. They traded for Matthew Stafford, got rid of Jared Goff. Jared Goff was a guy who could get the job done with the right coach. Matthew Stafford is a guy who can be an elite NFL talent. Sorry, Daniel. I just wanted to catch everyone up there. No, you're good. And it's not that Matthew Stafford has not had weapons because he's had Calvin Johnson, Hall of Famer, and Kenny Galladay. He's had weapons. Marvin he's Jones. Just, he's just generally only had one solid weapon. Um, and so I'm curious to see what he can do with Robert Woods and Cooper Cup and a rising star up. Tyler Higby. Yeah, rising star Tyler Higby. Not that he's like not good, but I just think he's so overhyped. He's um, just not George Kittle. I'm, I'm pretty sure I picked him this last year as my second tight end on a fantasy football team, and I think I dropped him within a few weeks just because I'm like, yep, that was yeah. a, a few weeks stint. But the Rams are a great team um i'm curious the, i think the biggest question mark is their run game i'm, yeah. I'm really curious to see the workload of cam Akers, who will be the starter this year pretty yeah. undisputedly he was um, pretty great when he when cam Akers got work near the end of the season last year he he looked good and i i think thinking run game passing game for me it comes down to rams head coach sean mcveigh mm-hmm. he's the one he's the other best offensive mind in the NFL besides Kyle Shanahan. I think Kyle Shanahan's better, but the media would probably disagree. It, it comes down to Sean McVay. The man is, is a genius. He is maybe the best, one of the best offensive schemers. And so, yeah, I don't know. Sorry, Daniel. I just, it does, it comes down to Sean McVay for that offense, right? Yeah. Is Daryl Henderson will be the backup, right? Yeah, Daryl Henderson's the other running back on the Rams. He was he kind of started out last season as the starter, and then they they slowly transitioned to Acres. But the the consensus is that Acres will get the work. But Henderson is more talented than your average backup, so I'd I'd expect to see him out there. Yeah, and so uh, I I believe Henderson did well until Acres kind of stepped in, and um, then Henderson had less carries, but. I mean, that's an offense and a half. I'm, I'm worried if everything clicks with Sean McVay's mind, with Matthew Stafford's cannon and, and Cooper Cup and Robert Woods is top. Yeah. They're top 15 receivers, easy, both of them, usually. Yeah. Top 20 hands down. 
Yeah, they're great receivers. And I, I've been listening to – there's a great podcast called Flying Coach. Sean McVay is on the second season of it. And he has been – he's, like, hosting it. And they've been talking to different NFL head coaches. They had Shanahan on. It's a great podcast. Highly recommend. But he – anytime Stafford comes up, the thing he comes back to is Stafford can make plays when things break down. And that seems to be what Sean McVay loves most about him, is that if he looks at his first option, the guy's not open – Second option, guys not open. Stafford can scramble. He can make a play. And I think Sean McVay got tired of Jared Goff, who could who could make the plays that Sean McVay schemed up for him. I think I think McVay is really excited to have Stafford, who can make plays when everything breaks down. That he's talked a lot of great things about Stafford, but that has been the through line through it all. Is he's just so excited to play with a guy who can make his own plays. The two things I want to break down for listeners there is we're not talking that. I think scrambling, we get mixed up for Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson when yes. they scramble and then make it a quarterback run play. Not play, it's not designed that way, but they're they're waiting, they're waiting, they don't like any options, and then they get 20 yards up the field. That's not what we mean by scrambling. We just mean getting out of the pocket and avoiding a sack and still being able to get the ball off. I'm not talking like sure, I think Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray are the best scramblers or two of them because they're quick and they can get out of the pocket and, and take their time. But a lot of the time they just go run the ball, which is fine. That's making a play happen. That's getting the first down, getting yardage. But Matthew Stafford, not a huge runner, is still able to scramble, get out of the pocket and get a throw and a completion down, which is almost harder in a way, especially for his body type compared to Kyler Murray. Sure. Um, and then the second thing is, I don't know how easy it is for people who don't understand um, kind of the, the, the playbook or how plays are designed to understand how hard it really is to be a quarterback in the pocket in a play and not like your first option and to know and to in your head go, okay, that option is almost out because they're covered because it's not working and to scramble and find another option. Cause you have, you know, you got guys running other routes or even, running backs so you can dump the ball off running a, a short route outright and that is a tough thing to do that is a very tough thing to do to scramble and still make a play happen even when it's not the the drawn off designed way i mean that that's the difference between a good nfl quarterback and a great nfl quarterback right there sure yeah yeah so i just wanted to give some context to that and maybe why uh sean mcveigh likes matthew stafford so much and uh i can see why if he's good at that so so daniel when i think about the rams I'm worried about that offense. That offense is going to be great. But if you tell me the Niners are going to play the Rams, I am much more worried about their defense. And when you look at the Rams defense, they have two bona fide NFL superstars. They got Aaron Donald on that D line. He's two time defensive player of the year. He's probably the best player in the NFL. Objectively. He is a monster. He cannot be stopped except occasionally by 49ers offensive linemen. And then you've also got Jalen Ramsey, probably the best corner in the NFL. He, I wanted the 49ers to trade for Jalen Ramsey. He is a true, true lockdown corner. They've got other great pieces as well. Those are the two I can name. That defense terrifies me. Daniel, what are your thoughts on the Rams defense? Yeah, it's uh, it is nerve wracking. Um, I'm not a huge fan of playing the Rams defense because they're pretty good. And it's not just those two guys that you named, even though they are the absolute top dogs. Um, yeah. Their D line can be summed up in Aaron Donald. Um, he is absolutely the the big one. 
Yeah. Um, but they have young linebackers in Micah Kaiser, who they drafted three years ago, maybe. Um, and he's been getting better and better. And then Leonard Floyd, they got from the Bears last year. And yeah, he is awesome. not so bad himself either. But their center, Taylor Rapp, really emerged this last – sorry, safety, not center. Safety, Taylor Rapp, really emerged this last year. And he was really good. I'm excited to see – him flourish into a much better safety but then i'm also like not excited because i don't want to yeah. see a, a defense in our division get just better and better um, one thing about the rams defense is their defensive coordinator uh ben staley has now gone on his last name is staley i think his first name is ben has now gone on to be the head coach of the los angeles chargers he's going to the other side of town in la and so hopefully that means a step back on defense but i don't know when you have players of that caliber like you're going to be a solid defense, right? Yeah. I mean, honestly, they're only big, big names for Aaron Donald and, and Jalen Ramsey and a lot of the other guys like Leonard Floyd isn't a big name, but if, if you watch enough football, you know who he is. Yeah. Um, he's kind of that guy who he, he's pretty consistent and pretty good, but he might seem a lot better than he is in terms of longevity of a season. Cause he definitely does make some big plays or big highlights, but yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely kind of a, a turnover season for the Rams defense. Um, but I think that when we play them, we're going to learn some of the names pretty quickly. Yeah. And I know we talked about this on, in the schedule predictions, we predicted the 49ers beat the Rams both times, I believe, because I, I made my point that I just think the 49ers own the Rams and I really do, but that does not mean the Rams are not going to be a good team. I think the Rams are going to be a great NFL team this year and I think at the end of maybe once we talk through the other two teams we can talk about who we see as the best teams in the division but the Rams are going to be a great team so let's yeah. let's move on we started in Southern California let's go east let's get to Arizona real fast we got the Arizona Cardinals quarterback yeah. Kyler Murray probably I think the most talented receiver in the NFL DeAndre Hopkins I can't really name any other players on their team other than Isaiah Simmons is a great defensive player um, that Cardinals offense runs through Kyler Murray. He was electric last year. He's going to be one of the best quarterbacks in fantasy football. Um, I don't think he's going to be that great lead that great of an offense for actual football. What do you think, Daniel? Well, you can definitely name two other guys on their defense, even three, because they, this last off season acquired right. and signed JJ Watt. Wash up. They already have Chandler Jones, arguably one of the best defensive ends and linebackers in the league. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned uh, now sophomore Isaiah Simmons. But they also have Huda Baker. Yeah. Huda Baker is one of the best safeties. So they've got a much more solid defense than they're used to. Cardinals, in yeah. my mind, usually have a pretty poor defense, um, but they, they certainly are adding to it. And they've got some guys there who definitely can, can play ball. Just for the record, I don't actually think J.J. Watt's washed up. I think he's going to be pretty good. I just – that's the narrative. But, yeah, totally. you're right. They have a great defense. They also – offense, they signed – I don't remember if they signed or acquired. I'm assuming they – yeah, signed A.J. Green. Not that that's yeah. huge. Um, but they did get James Conner. Now, the fun controversy is if Chase Edmonds or James Conner is going to be the starter, I yeah. think it'll be a pretty, pretty close to even split. I agree. Um, but I think that Chase Edmonds will take over as the starter at some point. I think that Chase Edmonds has been one of the best backup running backs um, for a long time. And I think that he's going to be given a starting role, but you did 
touch on the most important part of this offense, which is DeAndre Hopkins in my mind. Yeah. Um, I think that he is going to be lights out. Um, I think having guys like AJ Green and Christian Kirk around him will be helpful, but I also yeah. think that we're going to see more from guys like Rondale Moore, their wide receiver that they drafted, and maybe even some of the former first or second round receivers that they've drafted in the past who have been taking some time to mature and develop my player. Role. Yeah. I guess, Daniel, I don't, I think the Cardinals are going to be a good team with Kyler Murray as their quarterback. I, Kyler Murray is my football side chick. I love him so much. I so wish he was not on a divisional team. I love watching Kyler Murray play football, but I don't think Cliff Kingsbury is that good of an NFL coach. And I'm rooting for the guy to prove me wrong. Well, not that wrong, because, like, they're in our division. Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan, pretty hard to look good. Yeah, but I think, well, I mean, Cliff Kingsbury probably looks better than those guys. He's he's known for his, his model-like appearance. That's his rep. But he uh, – I mean, he was fired from Texas Tech, was going to be the offensive coordinator at USC, and then for some reason Arizona made him a head coach. He hasn't been that good. He's made some dumb decisions – maybe people are saying maybe he's finally going to get to run the kind of offense he wants to run. But I just, I don't know. They don't seem like that great coached of a team. They're relying a lot on Kyler Murray's ability to like, we talked about like scramble run, make plays and Kyler Murray is going to do that. But I, I think they're a coach away. I really do. I think maybe next season they hire some probably whoever Sean McVay's offensive coordinator this year is. And I just think they're, yeah, I really think they're one or two pieces away. And I think the coach is one of those pieces. So I think they'll be fun to watch. I do think they'll give the 49ers a hard time because they always do, but I don't predict them being a good team. I think the Cardinals are not by far, but pretty easily the worst team in the division. Oh yeah. That doesn't necessarily mean worst team in the NFL, but not great. No, I don't think they make the playoffs. I wouldn't be surprised if they went 500 even better but that's just how tough this division is. Uh, last thing I want to say about the Cardinals is that Colt McCoy is their backup quarterback. So what does that say about him? Uh, they'll win one game when Kyler Murray's injured. Perfect. <laughs> just chop that to- one up to a win with Colt. All right. Let's move on to our last team uh, that is not the Niners in this division to, to break down Seattle the rest. Seattle Seahawks. Yes. And that is a, that's a tough matchup always. Um, the Niners Seahawks games are always pretty scary to watch. Um, and the, the Seahawks defense is similar to the, the Rams defense where they've got some massive names. Um, and those are Bobby Wagner and Jamal Adams. And they still have some, some other good names, um, on this defense, like a young linebacker who'll be a sophomore next year, Jordan Brooks, and any guy learning under Bobby Wagner has got to be pretty dang good. Bobby Wagner's probably second best linebacker in the NFL after Fred Warner. Yeah, I mean, career-wise, Wagner's yeah. he's done it for long. He'll be Hall of Fame easy. Yeah, I think the big the big news of the Seattle Seahawks this offseason is that Russell Wilson didn't request a trade. But he did tell them where they should trade him if they were going to trade him. They supposedly made up, but there was a, there were a few weeks where it was like, oh, Russell Wilson's gone, and so that that is worth thinking about for a couple of reasons. What? Do you think Wilson was going to be on the move? Um, maybe. I mean, I think he has a very valid reason to be upset. I think Pete Carroll runs the ball way too much when he has one of the best 
quarterbacks in the NFL. That's really what it seems like this rift comes down to is that Russell Wilson wants to play the type of offense they did the first half of last season where he really got to, where they let Russ cook as the hashtag went and they let him really show who he was, which is one of the NFL's great quarterbacks. But Pete Carroll really wants to play a slower run the ball, smash mouth kind of football. And the problem is that that works for the Seahawks, but I, so I think Russ kind of dug his heels in a little and made his point. And because of that, I actually think, I think we're going, not going to see as pass heavy as they were to start the season last year, but I think we're going to see a much more pass heavy, creative, um, pat, creative, aggressive offense led by Russell Wilson this year. Cause I think Russell Wilson made his point. And I think Pete Carroll, I'm not a Pete Carroll fan cause I'm a UCLA guy, but Pete Carroll is someone who listens to his players. And they also brought in Sean McVay's uh, offensive coordinator from last year. His name is Shane Waldron. So that to me points towards not necessarily a pass heavy style of offense, but a different style of offense. So I'm, I'm very scared of the offense that could come out of Seattle this year if they, because I think Russ made his point and I think they will listen and maybe be a little more pass heavy, probably more balanced than they were at the beginning of last season. Sorry, I'm getting a little ranty here, but more pass heavy than Carroll has traditionally wanted to be. Yeah, I, I, I'm curious to see the new addition of the Rams offensive coordinator as well, because he also brought Gerald Everett with him. Now, yeah. Gerald Everett was essentially the backup tight end to Tyler Higby for the majority of his time there. Um, of course, I had Gerald Everett on a fancy football team for on a dynasty team, and then I let him go because I had other tight ends, and he had done a whole lot. And then I think he's going to be be the starting tight end for this Seahawks offense. And so coming with an offensive sure. coordinator from his former team who probably believes a whole lot in him, and Sean McVay kept saying, he goes, I want to get Gerald Evermore involved. That's kind of my goal because everything else is working. This is the last piece into that. Um, and I don't think he truly did, but if Will Disley is healthy, would love to see him play just through all the injuries he's gone with. And he's what's, been great. What's, what's Disley's nickname? Why can't I think of it? Well, I don't know if it's actually his nickname, but the fantasy footballers call him Big Montana. Big Montana. That's what I wanted. Yeah. I was just trying to think of it. Big, yeah. Yeah. But, and he's I think. Good. Oh, sorry. I was just going to continue looking at the offense. So if you want to say something about the tight end. Yeah. Well, I think you can't talk about the the Seahawks offense without talking about DK Metcalf. One of, I mean, there was going into last season, it was like DK Metcalf's going to be a top five wide receiver. And he was for the beginning of the season. He is huge. He is fast. The man is ripped. He is a great player. He's a big guy. He had that iconic chase down on Buda Baker last year, supposedly was struggling with some injuries kind of faded off second half of last year. I don't know if I'm drafting DK in fantasy football, but I am terrified of him playing against him because of what he can do and the way he can compliment Russell Wilson as a deep threat and just somebody who is going to win the ball. And he's so fast, although he didn't qualify for the Olympics. And then I think you combine him with maybe a criminally underrated NFL receiver in Tyler Lockett, who has been with Russell Wilson for a long time. I would just like to throw out that I'm one of those people that has criminally underrated Tyler Lockett for a long time. And I'd say in the last year, maybe even two years, I have changed my opinion and Tyler Lockett has earned my respect. And he's a monster. He makes really, really clutch plays as well. And not, that's not only him. He shows up all season long and, the thing about DK is I think this last season, like his, his numbers are nuts. I think I just, I just looked and he had 83 receptions, 
hundred and or sorry, hundred, one thousand and three hundred yards with ten yeah. touchdowns. But the thing I would love to see from DK, also not love to see because he's in our division, but the unbiased thing I would love to see is consistency in each game. He was very kind of boomer bust. If you broke yeah. down, so was Lockett a little. Totally, I think that's the Seahawks offense. It was yeah, that's my question. We can we can get there in a second. Um. I would say either the receiving game was pretty shut down and then Chris Carson or any other, the running backs got a big workload that game. But I think a lot of the time it makes sense to see a switch off between Metcalf and Lockett, or like your, if you have two guys who could be a number one receiver, it makes total sense to see like, okay, one's going to have a big game. One's going to have not a great game just because of volume and targets. But Metcalf either went off for way over hundred yards with two, sometimes three touchdowns maybe not three um, or had like three receptions for 20 or 30 yards. And it's like, how do you do this one week and this another week? Well, yeah. When you got a guy like Tyler Lockett on the other half, like he's probably taking the shares or your, your game gets shut down and Pete Carroll's not wanting you to throw the ball. And so yeah, he just runs it the whole time. Yeah. So I would love to see an offense that uses, utilizes DK every week in every situation. Um, and I would love to see him. I mean, honestly, to me, he is just Calvin Johnson, our generation or our, our yeah. age. And I'm curious to see really get that, but he's got the body. Yeah. Code. I'll be curious if in 10 years, that comparison holds up, like what DK looks like in 10 years. I think, I think you're right. I think consistency is what the Seahawks offense needs to change. And whether that's a consistent balance between the run and the pass a consistent level of play from Russell Wilson. He was not good to end the season last year. He takes a lot of sacks. Um, he needs to improve on that. A consistent level of play from the receivers. Yeah, I think the Seahawks are going to be – they are a consistently good team. Pete Carroll's been there for a long time. He's a consistently good coach, as much as it pains me to say it. Russell Wilson is one of the NFL's elite quarterbacks, and it's a quarterback's league. When you have an elite quarterback, you are never out of a game of a season of a playoff run. And so the Seahawks scare me. They definitely do. The defense is fine. Not as good as it was. It's getting better, but it's not the Legion of boom anymore. And it, it won't be. And so I think like, I think in my head, I still think of the Seahawks as like this great defensive team from like 10 years ago. And they're not that anymore. I think the defensive monster of the NFC West, if it's not the 49ers, it's the Rams. And so let's just final thoughts. Maybe, do you have any other thoughts on the Seahawks before we maybe just wrap the division? Yep. I wanted to make one more comment about, yes, Wilson does take a lot of sacks and I don't think the Seahawks O-line is anything crazy, but the good. one thing that I've learned from Russell Wilson and why I think he is a smart genius quarterback is this last season, he had 40, four zero touchdowns and he was tied for second. He had 13 interceptions and was tied for 31st. I think Russell Wilson, as we talked about him being a scrambler earlier, earlier, he really tries to make plays happen, kind of like we were talking about with Matthew Stafford. He just kind of does it in a different way. But I think Wilson gets sacked so much because he's smart enough not to throw the ball just to not take a sack. Yeah. And that's why he's 31st in interceptions is because he knows, he's smart enough to know that a sack is much better than throwing the ball away for an interception, no matter what down it is, even if it's third down and now they're going to punt, 
you can get them so much farther back in the yeah. field than just throwing the ball away. There so is I, something to throwing the ball out of bounds though and not taking a sack. Totally. Totally. But I just, I just wanted to throw that out there that, yeah, he is second in touchdowns this last year and 31st for interceptions. And I think that is a, a huge part of the reason why is because he understands that an interception is a whole lot worse than just taking a sack. So just wanted to give him that little boost, but. Sure. All right. So final thoughts on the division. I guess the question is, I think we both think the 49ers are going to win this division. I think that, but I think I'm biased. If the 49ers don't win the division, who wins it? Go. The Rams. Yeah, I agree. I think that we're going to see a crazy end of the season. Yeah. I think that, I think that the Niners will win the division. Part of me is biased. Part of me is not. And, uh, and the not part is me truly thinks that could happen. Um, and I think the Rams will be, it'll either be the Rams one game behind or even have the same record and whatever needs to happen. The Niners beating them once or twice um, and making them first place over the Rams. I think the Rams will be the wild card team. And I think the Seahawks will be like one or two games out of that wild card game and they will have just missed it. And so I think that, all three teams. And I actually don't think the Cardinals will be far behind, but I do think they will be out of contention much earlier than these three teams. But I'm in my head, I'm thinking a crazy end of the season, like where the last game decides, like we've seen before with these three teams, the last game decides who's making the division, who's making a wild card and who's out. Um, I think it'll be a pretty crazy end of the season finish. And I'm going to go with the Niners winning, winning the division Rams right there playing the wild card game and the Seahawks just missing. Yeah. 100%. All right, Daniel, do you want to move on to 49ers superlatives real fast? Do you think, should we save that for another week? Let's, let's do a couple. Let's do a couple and let's start off the next week with some of the other ones. Yeah. So Daniel and I had a fun idea just to wrap up this episode. We're going to do 49ers superlatives, you know, like your high school yearbook. We're going to do most likely to X. We're going to throw out a couple names, talk about it for a second. Maybe we'll just do one or two. And then we can do some more throughout the season. I think they'll be fun. My first one, we each wrote down a couple. My first one, Daniel, I think it's an easy choice. I have best looking. I don't know if you know, have a guy for that, but thoughts. Who I think is, or who do I think you're going to pick? I don't know. If you were going to, if we were making a yearbook for the 49ers, who gets best looking? Oh man, it's, it's too hard to pick. I would give, I would give, best looking to fred warner okay best smile to none other than george kittle okay i was gonna say jimmy g i just i don't even know if that's my opinion i don't know if i'm really qualified to give an opinion but that seems to be what twitter would say (laughs) i just i think i think fred warner is is an animal and uh like great hair too all right daniel you got one yeah, I mean, my, I just said it. I should have waited, but I, I said no. best smile and best smile and laugh goes to George Kittle. Um, yes. I mean, I love seeing the videos that he posts on Instagram that the Niners post of him, or you know, when they're walking out ready for practice, and he's like, "Oh, he's there!" And just uh, some of the biggest smiles we see from him, or um, that play. I want to say it was the Falcons last season where he had a block and he pancaked a guy and just rolled him over and did a front flip over him. And if yeah. you watch that video slowly and you zoom in, he is cracking up. And he, I don't know if there was some talk going on, but he pancaked this dude and he is just giggling to himself. I mean, it is too funny. And just seeing the videos that he's in and 
best best laugh in the NFL to George Kittle. Yeah. My next one, I have most likely to make a tackle after our quarterback throws an interception. My pick is George Kittle. I think he seems like the guy who would chase him down and make the ridiculous tackle. I don't know. You have any thoughts on who else might do that one? No. I mean, it's him. I think that's clearly George Kittle. You have any others? My uh, my high school always did a most likely to become the next president. <laughs> and I had to give that to Kyle Juszczyk. Okay. Harvard, man. I, I Yeah. Well, that was part of it. <laughs> I also just felt like, you know, I think Kyle Juszczyk has been such, he's the most underrated player in the Niners because he's a fullback. And he's not talked about enough. But he is just a huge part of the heart and soul of this team. I'm sure if we interviewed the Niners players and we asked who some of the most important personalities and, and characters on this team are, he would be right up there. Um, a fullback doesn't get all those numbers. But I don't think I've ever seen a fullback be as involved in the run game as he is, especially getting as many touchdowns as he does. I mean, I have seen Kyle Ustruck on fantasy teams, and I don't think I've ever seen any other fullback on fantasy teams. Yeah. So. I think that I think that he gets most likely to become president pretty easily. Sorry, kid. I love you. <laughs> right. I got one more, Daniel. Maybe I have more. a couple, but we can do some next week. But this one I think is fun. Most likely to have fans upset with them on Twitter during the season. Most likely to have fans upset with them on Twitter. I have two names, but I'd love to hear what you think. Are your names offense or defense? uh offense and a little bit of both a little bit of both oh man um i mean my mind goes to to jimmy g yeah i think jimmy g is number one probably right most likely to have fans upset with them my second is head coach kyle shanahan i think he's gonna have some fans mad i think it's very likely he has some fans mad at him whether it's he's made some questionable play calls over the years whether it's who he's starting at quarterback and quite frankly if something goes wrong you get mad at the head coach so of course, that's just how it goes. All right, you wanna you wanna close this out with one more, Daniel? No, I'm gonna save. We're gonna right, save let's, them. Let's do it. Let's make this a segment. I like these. Yeah, this is most. We'll end with most likely to, and it can be stats wise, or it can just be best smile, George. Best smile. <laughs> yeah. All right, 49ers fans, thank you for tuning in today. We will be back in a couple of weeks for you. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Any parting thoughts, Daniel? We love you guys. Appreciate you for listening. Yeah, thanks for tuning in.